0: Hey guys, hi friends, hey, I'm not even going to give you a one minute warning, am I on? I have no idea, I'm not even going to give you guys a one minute warning, I'm just going to cut you off cold, really cold, that's who I am, cold hearted, JK. Um, hey guys, I'm Emily, I'm one of the crash leaders and I'm teaching you guys tonight, um, just like for, for warning is... I haven't taught in a very long time, and the last time I did it was to, like, kindergartners. Um, <laughs> so give me a little bit of grace. I wrote out, like, my whole teach, and I have it, like, oh. So, um, j- yeah, just please give me a lot of grace as I go into this. But first, I just want to introduce myself a little bit. Um, so I have three facts about me, um, all fun things. The first one is that I grew up a- in a pastor's family. I was in the middle of six kids. I'm the one, I don't know if you guys can see in the bottom, little white frilly dress. I thought I was very cool. And those shoes were my favorite. They were light pink and they had bows on them. And they were like my Easter dress. That's Easter of probably 1997. And then the next picture, I think I'm a little bit older. Yeah. I'm (laughs) like this, I'm like the short little girl over to the left my whole family. You might recognize my older brother, Ryan. He's married to Crystal in the back. This is back before he was good looking. He's better now. (laughs) So, and back when, like, the only hairstyle I knew to do was, like, a ponytail. Like, that's all just, like, tight to my head, very, and homemade clothes. It was great. So, I grew up in a pastor's family. Um, The second thing, I already forgot. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, we didn't celebrate Halloween. That's, like, pagan holiday, and um, we had a harvest party instead, but my church was like 35 people, and it was me and my siblings and one other family who had kids, like it was a very small um, youth group, and so I was maybe like (laughs) seven years old, and what I dressed up as was the woman with two pence, I don't know if you guys know this story, it's when um, Jesus is in, this, in the church, and all these men are coming in with these big money bags, and giving like all this money, and like, oh, look at my tie, look how great I am, and this one like widow gave her last two pence, her last two pennies, and put it in the offering plate, like, who dresses up like that at Halloween? I don't even know, and Taylor, I just want to tell you one second, Mallory said Dorcas earlier, she talked about Dorcas, and I was like, Dorcas, anybody else know Dorcas in here, like three people, Yeah yeah so yeah (laughs) um and then the third thing this one's a little bit embarrassing not like those pictures weren't but um I hoard money so like for not not like I have a lot of money to hoard I'm not Donald Duck or anything not (laughs) Scrooge McDuck that's who I was thinking of (laughs) Donald Duck has no pockets (laughs) so (laughs) can't hoard any money No, um, so, like, if I get something for Christmas, like, my grandparents give me, like, a certain, like, dollar bill. It's it's a 50. It's it's pretty big. And um, I'll save it to, like, the next Christmas and then buy other people presents with it. Like, I'm like, what if I don't have money next Christmas? Like, I need to save this. Or um, somebody somebody in this, well anyways, I got, I got an envelope of money a couple months ago, and I was like, I need to save this for in May, when I have this vacation that I have to go on, that, I, like, and I'm like, and I will pay for all of our meals, and our rental car, like, I just can't, I can't enjoy money, because I'm so afraid that there won't be any later, and which you might be like, oh, Emily, you're so frugal, no, it's cheap, I'm very, very cheap, so, um, and everything I'm wearing, somebody gave to me, except for the shoes. I bought the shoes because I had to because I was going to be a bridesmaid. So like literally just don't do anything. So tonight we're going to talk about tithing. How fun. Let's talk about money. Um, which even just a couple weeks ago, I was talking with Evie and my friend Rachel came up and was kind of standing to the side, you know, like the polite distance away, just waiting for us to finish. And I turned to Rachel. I said, guess what I'm talking about? She said money. I'm like, yes, because I'm always talking about money. And, um, I have a story about tithing that God has taught me about, and it actually isn't so much about the money as it is about the attitude behind how I view money, um, which is, spoiler alert, pride. Um, But before we do that, (laughs) I have a really fun surprise that I really hope works. I have a skit that I want to do with (laughs) you guys, so I'm going to invite up Jesus and my rich young ruler, if you want to come up here. If you guys want to give a hand to Taylor and KD... You guys are awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited about <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, she needs your Bible. Jesus, get your Bible. Right. Okay. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Blessings upon you, Day. All right, so many of you guys are probably familiar with this story. If you, um, like, have a Bible, it's normally titled The Rich Young Ruler. And so I'm just going to, like, narrate it, and they're going to act it out, and hopefully this goes well. If not, um, my table um, promised that they're going to laugh, so they're going to be, like, the laughing track. You guys laugh with them, okay? All right, so it starts out that this young man comes to Jesus, and, man, this guy is cocky. He thinks he is the shiz. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. I th- <laughs> He thinks he's very cool, guys. Listen, he follows the law, and he's coming to Jesus to be like, hey, listen, Jesus is gonna bless me. I know that he's like this good prophet. He's gonna see how good I am and bless me. So he comes up to Jesus, and he's like, hey, Jesus, <laughs> what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus, he uh, you know, he knows this man. He knows our hearts. And so he says, Why do you ask me what is good? Why do you come to me? There is only one who is good. So if you want to enter eternal life, you got to keep the commandments. And the young man's like, "Dude, I've got this. I am. I follow the letter of the law." Okay, so he's like, "Yeah, I got this." So Jesus opens up his Bible. I think it's is it New King James? Yeah, it's probably in the Bible. It was New King James version, and he says, "Okay." Young man, have you ever murdered? Ever slaughtered anything? Never not even a cat? <laughs> never a fly? Nothing? You've never killed anything? The guy's like, "No. I have never killed any." <laughs> it will slay with his looks. And then Jesus is like, "Okay, all right. How about this? Have you ever committed adultery?" Yeah, like, "Uh-huh. No adultery. You got one girl?" <laughs> oh man. And then Jesus is like, Okay, the next commandment, have you ever stolen anything? And the man's like, no, dude, I've never put anything in my pocket. And Jesus is like, not even some gum from Walmart, which, side note, I used to do that all the time as a kid. I'd steal gum from Walmart. I know, it's terrible. I'm so sorry, Jesus. <laughs> so then Jesus is looking past the next to the Ten Commandments, and he says, listen, have you ever lied about anything? Not even your age? You've not lied on a resume? Nothing? And the young man's like, no, I've never lied. I'm so good. And then, then there's two more. Jesus is like, okay, what about this? Do you honor your father and your mother? And the young man's like, yes. My, my dad was my best friend, my best man at the wedding. Like, I love him. We're so close. And God, Jesus is like, wow, this guy's really cool. You know, he's, he's doing a good job. <laughs> what about this one? Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah? You let other people cut in front of you in line at Target? you never get any road rage? Nothing. And the guy's like, no, listen, I am chill. I am cool. And Jesus is like, I'm on to you though. There is something in this man that he has not done and is not willing to do. And then young man says, listen, Jesus, all of these things I have kept, the whole 10 commandments, what do I lack? And it's so sarcastic, like, oh, like, wh- what, do, what do I do? Because he thinks he's so cool. And then Jesus, who knows us says, if you want to be perfect, if you want eternal life, go and sell all of your possessions and give it to the poor. <laughs> and then you will have treasure in heaven. After you have done this, come and follow me. And the young man, when he heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus, can you guys go? Aw, Aww. Aw. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, young, young rich man. Living your Santa robe life. All right, so obviously I was like really liberal with that. That is not in any kind of Bible the things that I have said. Um, but the, here, here's the core truth, though, is that a young man did come to Jesus, and he came knowing that he had done all these great things. He had been this great kid all growing up, honoring his father and mother, never lying, never stealing. And he comes to Jesus saying, I know, Jesus, that you have something that I don't have. I've heard great things about you, and so what can I do to be with you? What can I do to go to heaven? And... Um, You know, he has a lot of wealth, which means he's probably in good standing in the community, too. And so he's probably thinking, if I can get into heaven, then I can go and help others. Like, maybe he is, you know, a really good guy. Um, But he walked away sad because there was one thing that he couldn't do, is that it was surrender to Jesus and to let Jesus be the Lord and leader of his life. Um, And I think that that's where I am often, um, you know, as we're going through these spiritual disciplines, you know, for me to say, I, to give my time to God, to give my money to God, to give my thoughts to God, like, that's a lot that you're asking from me. Like, okay, I can, like, not lie, but you want me to, like, wake up early and spend time with you every morning? Like, oh, that's a lot, God. Um, but tonight, there are a couple um, themes in this story that I want to pull out. The three would be um, surrender. Surrender. And lordship, I almost forgot one, is like the main part. Surrender, lordship, and gratitude. Um, and I'm pulling these out because that's what I've seen in my life, with how I view money. Um, and so t- <laughs> this week, I, or not this week, like for the month, I've been trying to force a teach around the, the passages in scripture that are about tithing. And God kept on bringing me back to this thought, is that it's about surrender. And so we're going to talk about how we view our money, Um, specifically about why we tithe and what that all has to do with God being the Lord of our life. Before we do that, let me pray real quick. Um, God, I love this story, and I love what you have done in my life because of it. Uh, Would you speak through me? Would you um, calm my nerves? Help me to stop saying um so much. And that uh, tonight we would walk away with a better knowledge of you and how you love us, and then what our response should be. It's your name I pray. Amen. So if we're going to start with that first theme is surrender. Surrender means to stop resisting and to submit under an authority. And I say surrender because I often view my money as mine. Like I don't know how you guys get your money. Mine doesn't grow on trees. It doesn't fall from heaven like manna. I work for it. Like, I go to work 40 hours a week. I actually, I do, like, extra stuff as much as I can. I view my money as my own because I think that I have earned it. But some CPR, protect God's name, that is furthest from the truth. The truth is, is that everything that I have, God has given me. He's given me the strength and the knowledge on how to work. He's given me favor in my boss's eyes so that I get paid fairly. He's even given me wisdom and perseverance to make a budget and then follow through with it. Everything that I am and everything that I have is God's. And so surrender comes in when I say that um, I'm going to have to let go of my pride and my control and my perspective about money, and that he is the Lord. And lordship means having the supreme power or being the one and only leader. When God is the leader of your life, that means that he's the one calling the shots. So I don't know if you guys have ever worked on like a group project together with people at college high school school um, or you've gone on a long road trip or you had to work with someone who is a lot different than you and you start to realize like hey they're calling the shots and I have to just like have this internal monologue about how I would do it better my way he's not even considering it like they're choosing this route when they obviously needed to go this way and you're just doing this whole thing about like I should be the one in control of this I know what's best that is like me all the time. I'm like, if he could, if somebody could just take out the trash like I do, or put the things in the dishwasher just like I said that they should be, or that you turn in the report just as I have asked you to do. My way is the best way, um, but lordship with God is a little bit more serious than <laughs> those examples, although it does include them. That lordship with Jesus is the Lord of your life. He's the one calling the shots. He's the one saying w- how you use your time, how you spend your money, how you love others. When Jesus is the Lord of your life, your will is submitted under His and under His authority. Um, and this is what the young man could not accept. You know, he could obey the law, but when it came to surrendering his own plans, that's where he got caught. And me too. Um, growing up in a pastor's family, I uh, was a middle child. Normally, the middle child is the peacekeeper, the peacemaker. They're just going to follow the rules, not, not rock the boat. That was totally me. And that's where this pride has come up in me uh, often of saying, like, I know, what's, um, I know the best way to do something. I can just do it on my own. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. Um, I can handle it. And I don't want to surrender to God and what he's asked me to do. And I think that that's why Jesus said what he did when the young man left, is that he said that um, how hard it is for people who have so much to surrender it to follow me. Because he knew me, and that I would be sitting in this, or standing in this room, reading this passage and saying, I do have a lot, a lot that I have given myself, a lot that I have worked for, and I can't give that up to surrender to God. And I don't know if you guys view stories or the Bible like that, that he wrote it for you, but he did with you in mind. And so if you're sitting here too thinking, oh yeah, the pride, that's me too, um, or something that you struggle with to surrender, I'm right there with you. And this passage is for you. And the um, hard part is that pride is the antonym of surrender. It's the, the complete opposite. You can't be surrendered and have pride and feel like you're doing it the best way too. My husband and I were just watching the movie Lincoln. Well, I watched like the last two minutes of it, and um, it it ends with well close to the end of the surrender of the South to the north, and they actually had to lay down their arms, give their guns up, and um, actually surrender to the people in the north, the Union, yeah, I, kn- I know history um, so I want to sit here with pride real quick because uh, I think it is the reason behind a lot of the reason. It is the reason behind why we do not surrender, why I don't surrender. And uh, for me to see pride in myself, I need to do some self-examination and some holy conviction. And I always go to Psalm 139, uh, 23 and 24. It's not on your papers. I've memorized it because I am very holy. And it's, uh, (laughs) search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And that whole passage is talking about self-examination. Where is there pride in my life? Where am I saying, God, I cannot let you take control of this. God, I think I know what's best. Just let me handle it real quick, and then once we get past, once I get out of debt, okay, then you can be in control of it. But let me just do this one part. Once I decide how much I'm going to give to the church, then, you know, then you can have the other stuff. You can tell me how much to spend at Target, but I'm going to say how much goes to you. And then the holy conviction— man, this one got me as I was writing it, is how much God has done for me, and I can't even give him my money, that he died for me so that I didn't have to live in slavery, but I get to live in freedom with forgiveness and constant love, constant grace, where his mercies and his faithfulness are new every morning. He's done that for me. He loves me and he sees me. He knows my inner heart. He knows who I am on my worst day and he still loves me. And I cannot give him my money. When I think about that, I'm like, I don't even know how I got here and I hate it. And that's holy conviction is saying, God, you have shown this in me and now I need to change. You are showing me how I need to change. So we talk about pride and surrender and we move on to that. Surrender then is not just an attitude It's an action. It's not enough for me to say, wow, God, I don't give you my money. Huh, okay, and move on. That's not surrender. That's just acknowledging something that's going on in my life. The action behind surrender is that laying down of pride, of admitting that Jesus is the Lord of your life, and this is for Christ followers if you are here and you haven't yet surrendered your whole life to Christ, that's an awesome act of surrender. It is so hard, um, and it doesn't end there. It's continual acts of surrender, and tonight as we're talking about tithing and money, that we're saying, God, my the money that you give me is not mine. It is yours, and it used to really get me. Like I used to joke um, Till Susan corrected correct me because she loves me, is that um, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's an old song based on a psalm. And I would always say, if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, why doesn't he just sell one and give the proceeds to the church, and I can keep the money that I have. And, um, like, He's He's does not need my money. He's got all those cows. Um, but, like, take go here with me, is that I'm one of those cows. <laughs> not that I'm a cow, but that he sees me, he loves me, and I am his, and what, uh, everything that I have is his too, and so then I can't claim it as my money, even if I um, have worked hard to get where I am, or I've done all these degrees, and now I have this great profession, um, it's still not mine. No matter what I've done, it's all been given to me from him, and the other thing too is that um, when it comes to surrender is that lordship cannot be shared, Um, if you guys have ever known about farming, I don't know that much, but I do know that you can't have a really old ox and a really young and strong ox pulling on a yoke together. A yoke, like, is like a wooden beam that holds them together so they can pull the (coughs) machinery behind them. Is that because it's uneven? And that's me and Jesus. I am so weak in myself. I have no idea what is best for me. I think I do, but I don't. And so if I tried to pair myself up with God and say, Jesus, let's do this together. He's like, no, no, no. I'm the one who knows what's strong for you. I know what's best for you. I'm the strong one. I'm the one giving you the strength. And so lordship cannot be shared. It can't be both my name and Jesus's on the marquee. And that takes us to 1 Corinthians 8, 6, where it says, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live, there is but one Lord Jesus Christ. Through him all things came and through whom we live. My name is not in that passage and neither is yours. We cannot be the Lord of our life. I think we can all think about a time when we decided what was best, we made a decision for ourselves, and later on, yeah, maybe it wasn't catastrophic, but it wasn't the best result for us. I think about the guys that I chased after because I thought that they'd be like the perfect man for me and just how humiliating and literally embarrassing it is to look back at the guys and thinking, like, I have no idea what's best for me, but he does because he created me. Um, Back in Psalm 139 where I quoted before, earlier in the the chapter, it talks about how he created you in your mother's womb. He directs your steps. He knows when you're going to stand up. He knows when you're going to sit down somebody who knows me that intimately has to know what's best for me, because I don't even know what I'm going to say before I say it, and he does, so he has to know, so we're talking about surrender is that he is trustworthy to surrender to, um, and this is kind of where he got me last March, actually like this week last March is when he taught me about all of this, um, so I mentioned that I grew up in a pastor's family tithing wasn't even an option it was just something that we did i would get my allowance every week anybody else get an allowance when you're a kid yeah okay well i would get mine and change and like the tith- like the first nick like i got like a dollar a week we's poor and the first dime would go towards tithing like i didn't even think about it like of course it went to that and then like saving and spending and things like that and i love tithing i thought it was so cool like in sunday school you just go put it in plate and i'm like God is, like, he wants my money. Like, that is so cool. Like, I get to do something for God and give him this dime, and he's going to do great things with it. And um, I tied all the way growing up and in college and past college, and I never really thought about it. And then um, I got married, and my husband and I decided that we wanted to get out of debt to move forward with our lives and get a house one day, hopefully in my 30s. And um when we went through Financial Peace University, if you guys have ever heard of it, it's an awesome program. Yes. <laughs> and it's not just about debt. It's just like how to handle your money wisely and how God has asked us to do it. But anyways, he and I were in this, and one of the first weeks, you have to create a budget. So he, Zach and I created a budget. The first thing we put down was tithing. Didn't even argue about it for once. Just kidding. And um, <laughs> and I just knew, I'm, I'm just going to tithe. That that's how it's going to be. But then I started to see the thousands of dollars that were going to my church instead of towards my debt. And not like I make a a lot of money, but over a year it adds up. And so I'm looking at this amount, and I'm like, this is what I gave? Like, this is a lot of money, and it could be going to other things. Like, doesn't God care that I'm in debt? Doesn't he care that my kid, like, I need to pay medical expenses because he's teething all the time, you have to go see the doctor all the time? Like, doesn't he see those things? Doesn't he care? Um... And so, last October 2016, right after my kid was born, I stopped tithing, and um, I knew it was a direct disobedience with God, and it was one of those things I was like, yeah, I see it, like, but I don't want to, like, really see it, and I was still putting it on the budget, still telling my husband that I was tithing, and um, that went on for a couple months, so October to March, and... Woody, uh, you know, my husband and I go to uh, the Bedford campus of Blue Ridge, and Woody was talking about this story um, through the view of surrender. No, I did not just copy his words. I actually wrote this thing. But he was talking about this story of the young ruler about surrender, and, like, the whole time I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, like if, I, if I admit that I've done this, like, if I've disobeyed, if I admit that my pride is hurt, And everybody thinks I am this, like, good Christian girl. I don't know what you guys think of me. I think that you guys think that I'm a good Christian girl. (laughs) And so, like, everyone's going to know that, like, I haven't tithed. And the people who count the tithe have been missing my money. I don't know. And so, like, I was just, like, really getting heated up about it. And I'm a pretty emotional person. And um, at the end of the teach, I went forward to our Baptist, our campus pastor, Mark, and I'm just like sobbing, and I'm just like, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, and I'm like, (laughs) now, (laughs) he's probably thinking that I committed adultery or something, (laughs) and it's like, oh, you're just, you haven't tithed, (laughs) but but to me, it was like, (sighs) like, I haven't, (laughs) and I was like, I haven't tithed in like six months, and I've been lying to Zach about it, and he's like, okay, and so he brings Zach over, and he helps me tell Zach, and Zach's like, okay, like, (laughs) we'll get through this, (laughs) and, but it was that holy conviction of, I was in direct disobedience, and God was just so kind to be, um, to tell me that, and to not let me continue in disobedience, Um, and so after that, we decided, okay, we're going to tithe, and for me, I have to, every paycheck, go to the bank, get it out in cash, put it in a sealed envelope, write Jesus's tithe on it, and keep it in my car until that next Sunday, Um, and then when the Sunday comes, during the songs, I'm like, okay, if we're singing a song about trust and surrender, I'm holding it, like, I have, it is such a physical thing, and surrender is not an attitude, it's an act, action, I have to actually hold it, and put it in the offering plate, for now, hopefully one day God has matured me enough that I can give online, and still it be an act of worship, I'm not there yet, and actually, um, back in January, when um, Hannah had talked to me about maybe Doing this teach, I was holding on to that tithe in my car, and I didn't give it on Sunday morning because I wanted to pay for some uh, sick bills and doctor visits and car repair. And I was like, He's not going to miss this one. And then he was like, Hey, why don't you talk t- talk about tithing? I'm like, Why do you always get me? Holy conviction. So, um, and they. <laughs> So I gave that tithe, don't worry, and I've been doing it ever since. And I think that God is so kind to give me checkpoints like that, to say like, hey, I love you, and I see that you're surrendering. Now keep surrendering. Um, And there's so many times that even um, a lot of us are moms or even older siblings where we're like, hey, good job taking out the trash. Now next week it needs to be taken out again. And like this has to keep on going because you're a part of my family. This is an action of surrender, an action of obedience that has to happen because you're a part of my family. It's something that God told me. Um, And I want to be really careful with this next part, but I have to tell you is that God is so worth trusting um, because that first week that I was like, okay, we're going to tithe. I got out the money, and Zach and I together put in the offering plate. The next week, somebody gave us a check for $5,000 to buy a new car, and other times that we have given, like, $50 to somebody, he's given us back tenfold, and we're like, "Why?" why are you doing this? Why are you blessing me so much? But it's because he's saying, I'm seeing you taking out the trash. I'm seeing you surrender. And yes, keep going. And I'm going to encourage you the whole way through. And um, even just a couple weeks ago, my kid has basically grown out of all the clothes that people have given us. He's uh, like a year and a half. And that's kind of when baby shower gifts stopped weaning off, you know. And um, all of the money that I've been hoarding from his baby shower is now gone. And so, um, I was like, okay, God, like, I don't see room in the budget that I want to put towards m- his clothes, and like, poor thing, like, he's just popping all the, the, he's just he's just growing out of everything, and that was on a, like, a Thursday night, Saturday morning, that Saturday morning, my coworker texted me and said, hey, I have a couple bins of clothes in my garage, Of boy clothes, would you want them? And she gave them to me, and it was at the size that he just needed immediately. That's where the sizes started in those tubs. And I say I want to be careful with that because this is not prosperity gospel. I'm not saying, hey, give God your five dollars and he'll give you back 50. That's not how he works. But blessing always follows obedience. We see that all the time in the Bible. Is that there are times that the blessing, yes, it could be monetary, it could be clothes. Um, it could be that there's an intimacy now with God because you see him as a trustworthy father that you've never been able to see before. There's um, a knowledge that comes, a holy knowledge of seeing him as Jehovah Jireh. I have the words over my front door. Jehovah Jireh, my God will provide. It's his name. He has to do it. And that's an intimacy. It's a knowledge of him that I've gotten because of this, because of this story, because I've said, I'm going to surrender my pride. My money is not my own. My time is not my own. It is yours. Everything I have has come from you. So tonight, as we go into—oh, and I want to read, too, the verse in Malachi. Man, this one's, like, killer. This is, like, awesome. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says Jehovah Jireh, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Can you imagine, guys, if we surrendered our pride and we said, God, I'm going to test you in this. I'm going to give you my time and start memorizing. I'm going to give you my thoughts and start meditating on you. That he is going to pour blessings on us that this room cannot take it. That at the tables, we're cutting you off because you're not talking about how bad your work situation is or how you don't have something, you don't have something. It's that We have to cut you off because you're saying, and then God did this, and then he did this, and now I know him like this because I've surrendered and that this room would be overflowing with blessing. And he says, hey, I can take it. Test me. I can do it. So as we go into um, our table times, it's a little bit short of talk because I'm new at this, that um, maybe surrender with money is not a problem for you. You're like, hey, I get it. God has given me everything. I get to give back as an act of worship as um, saying, God, I see what you've done for me, and now here's just a little something out of all that you've done. Here's a little something for you back for your local church. Um, Maybe that's not a struggle with you at all, but maybe surrendering your time to study the Bible is Um, maybe you're one of those people that is like, I just don't have time. I just don't, you know, my day is so crowded. I just don't have time. Maybe it's a surrender of how you're viewing or how you're using your time. And maybe watching the office for the fifth time is not a good way to use your time. Maybe surrender for you tonight is more about uh, submission to actual authority is that you're struggling with a relationship with your boss or with your husband or if you're still at home under your father or your mother, and you're just saying, like, I can't do it. They don't know what's best for me. If they would just let me do this, I can do it on my own. Um, Maybe it's not about money. Maybe it's about something else tonight. So as you guys go into your table times, thank you for being gracious for me and laughing at my jokes. But as we go um, into our table time, think about surrender and what that looks like. We have a couple... um Questions for you Is that um, how do you view your money? Is there pride and control, or is there submission and openness to God? Is there surrender that needs to happen? Have you seen God provide for you? Have you thought about tithing being an act of worship and gratitude? You know, I said before that He is so, so worth it. And later we get to sing about how He's the King of my heart and He will never let me down. Every time that I've tithed, we've had enough money to pay the bills, to actually go out to eat once in a while, or to get new clothes. Like, he is always going to provide, because he can't not. His name is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. So, anyways, thank you guys. Love you guys, and go into table times. One, two, three, go. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs>